Hey, by the way, good to see you all today. Welcome to Church Unlimited. (laughs) Over the years, one of the things that's astounding about mankind is his ability to make breakthroughs. You think of the splitting of the atom for those scientists among us, or the invention of the motor vehicle. If that wasn't enough, what about the airplane? It still blows my mind when I'm up in the air, 39,000 feet, Four or five hundred people up there, and we're in midair. And I'm thinking, God, this is scary, man. I don't. But you, the best thing is not to think about it. But the thought that you could actually, mankind could actually produce that. Then what about that thing up in? Is it on Jupiter or, uh, you know, going up up in that area? All those things that are, you know, millions and miles away, and we're still in control of some of the things that are happening. What about watching uh, something live on TV? You know, it's happening in. England, and you just watch it live. I mean, how did they do that? Uh, medical breakthroughs. Uh, the, the, the wretched iPhone, you know? Mine is on silent, all right? And it's out of reach. How it should be in church, all right? Unless you're taking notes, of course. And uh, you might think we don't know if you're taking notes or not. No, we don't know, but God knows. <laughs> it's more important to please him than anyone else. So, what I'm getting at is that mankind is wired by God to break through. You might ask the question, why is that? Well, it's pretty simple to understand, really, is God knew that in the course of your life, you were going to strike events, circumstances, mountains, obstacles that are bigger than you, that in yourself you cannot get through. That's why God put an anointing in you that you can break through against the odds. When you should be defeated, you win. When you should be under, you get over. When you should lose, you defeat the enemy. There's an anointing. You see, it's not you that breaks through. It's a God in you that does the breakthrough. Micah 2 verse 13, the breaker Messiah, Jesus, will go up before them. They will break through through. Jesus is the breaker. Why don't you tell the person next to you where that breaker lives? Uh, You know, don't you? He's right inside you. The breaker lives inside you. When you look in the mirror tomorrow, just say, wow, whoa, there's a breaker in me that can defeat any obstacle, any challenge that comes my way. So whatever you're going through today, my message to you is don't quit. Don't give up. Don't surrender. The last chapter of your life has not yet been written. Well, God has written it, but you have not yet seen it. I want to make a few points about this breakthrough. The first one is this. Don't be surprised that there are obstacles before you. You know, some people come come up against something difficult and think, what on earth is this? Now, hold on a minute. We just got to go to the Bible and understand a few things. You know, the children of Israel, you all know the story. God says, hey, there's a promised land of great blessing, milk and honey. You know, grapes, it's going to take two people with a pole to carry it. You know, a fantastic blessing I've got in store for you. That was a promise for them. Fruitfulness, victory. However, remember the story? There were giants in the land that had to be defeated, right, in order to receive the will of God, the promises of God, the plan of God, the design of God for their lives. 
And the tragedy, of course, we know with the children of Israel is that a whole generation failed the test. Remember, most trials we go through are actually tests. Did you know that? God's testing you to find out what's actually inside here. What actually drives you? What's actually going on in your life? Why why do you do what you do? (laughs) You know, what what is your spiritual capability? It's a test. What are your attitudes really like? So God, I mean, I'm facing some stuff over the last while, believe me, that are real tests. And God's searching my heart more than I think he's ever done before. It's not a nice experience. But the challenge is we have to pass the test. The children of Israel failed because all they did is grumbled and complained and moaned. And God allowed the serpents to bite them. The Bible says they always go astray in their hearts. It's worth thinking about, isn't it? Don't our hearts go astray so easily? Just stray away from just being how they should be before our master. My point is this. Yeah, there's great blessing that God has in store for you, but there are giants that must be conquered. And like Goliath, they mock us. They intimidate us. Now, your giant could be a relationship. It could be a sin. It could be health, money, a love of money, insecurity. It could be anything. And the danger is, like the children of Israel, basically they said, we can't do this. It's too hard. We're grasshoppers. These are giants. And they basically surrendered the call of God. They surrendered the will of God. And they just said, this is all too difficult for us. Giants, challenges, trials are par for the course for the Christian walk. And it really helps to know that. That what you're going through, it's, it's not abnormal. It's not unusual. You're not specially selected by God for a unique trial. <laughs> you're just not that special. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. We all face it. <laughs> you know, just ask Moses, ask Joseph, ask David, ask Jonah, ask Jeremiah, ask Jesus, ask Paul, ask Peter. Hey, ask Deborah. Ask anybody. Ask any Christian. It's par for the course. And when we understand that, then we don't recoil in shock and horror and think, what, God, what on, what's going on here? All he's going to say to you is, would you mind reading the book? There's no amens here today. I'll keep going anyway. All right. Isn't it true, though, eh? You see, understanding gives strength. You see? If we don't understand, we can get bitter, twisted, angry, annoyed. God! Shake our fist at God, <laughs> telling you that doesn't work. Do you know God's not intimidated by your anger? By your threats? He's not thinking, oh dear, you know, Tark's upset with me. I better give him what he wants. <laughs> I've tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> Does anyone understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. It's really important to understand this stuff. Because so many Christians go into shock. When it's actually, not, it's not the last shock you're going to have, by the way. <laughs> There's more God's got in store for you. I mean, I had a shock last week, you know, and something happened. I thought, what is this? And then I kind of had to remind myself of my own preaching. (laughs) But God will use these obstacles to bring you closer to him. And he's going to develop spiritual muscle in your life, which is invaluable moving forward. The good news now, that's the bad news. (laughs) 
The good news is God is the master of breakthrough. So we're going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. We've got a few scriptures for you today, 2 Samuel in chapter 5. And we read these words, verse 17 through to 20. And when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, watch this, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Point number one. David has just become king. As soon as he becomes king, the enemy raises his ugly head. The Philistines say, well, we're going to sort this thing out. We can't have David becoming king. When God taking, is taking you to a new level, watch out. Philistines are going to arise. They're going to attack you because they've got to stop what God's trying to do in and through your life. So whenever God is moving you forward, Whenever God's moving me forward, the Philistines will arise. Best you be on guard, best you be alert and aware and prayerful and ask for God's covering and God's protection. Look, I, listen, I pray for God's protection over me and my family every single day. I wonder if you do. Because if you don't, you're more vulnerable. See, God can protect us, but sometimes we have not because we ask not. I plead the blood of Jesus every single day. Maybe I might miss it if I'm traveling between zones on an airplane. I might miss out occasionally, but by and large, I get there. Oh, let's get back to our scripture. Uh, 17, so the Philistines come up. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the village of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Well, I'm getting distracted here. So point number two is, another point here is this. When you're facing an attack or the enemy, you better inquire of God what to do. Don't just go to the past formulas. Well, the last time I fasted three days and that did it. Well, no, the last time I, I got someone to pray for me and that did it. No, no, go back to God. So when, you, when the Philistines attack or trial comes, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to go back to God. And say, okay, God, what, what's going on here? What, what have you, God, what have you got to say to me? Because he's got something to say. Yeah. Believe me, he wants to talk to you in it because he spoke to David. And uh, what does he say to stay, David? He said, uh, shall I go up? Uh, will you deliver them into my hand? The Lord said to David, go up for I'll doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hands. So David went to Baal-perazim. David defeated them there and said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. All right, so David wins a victory. He calls the place Baal-perazim, which means master of breakthroughs. And that's what we've called our, our uh, subject uh, matter tonight, today, sorry, and we'll probably be on it again for the next few weeks because God's really stirred this in my heart. He really put on, I'm going to bring out a whole lot of different aspects of breakthrough in different areas of our lives, even in your work situation or in your prayer life, or different things of how we can break through. So not only can God help us break through, He specializes in it. He is the master of breakthrough. So when the odds are stacked against you, when you look at your situation, there's no way through. There's no way around. There's no way over. There's no way under. There's no light at the end of the tail. It seems like all is gone. That's the moment you look to the master of the breakthroughs. You call upon him and say, okay, God, I'm at the end of my rope. Show me what you can do, and he will show himself mighty to you. He is the master of the breakthroughs. 
That there was a declaration into the realm of the Spirit. I wasn't preaching to you, I was preaching to an unseen world right then. Every so often it comes upon me. We see this throughout Scripture. What about the children of Israel at the Red Sea? God parts it entirely. Impossible, but God can do it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Daniel in the lion's den. Paul and Silas in prison. In every case, the master of the breakthrough turns up and works a miracle. There's a Christian man I personally know. Know him well. But he struggled desperately in his life. Started with, I guess, soft porn. Went to porn movies, prostitutes, sexual addiction. For many, many years, he tried everything. Prayer, altar calls, counselors. He heard of others set free. He would say, God, why them and not me? He told me he got to church. He'd walk out before the altar calls in this church because he was not sure he was going to get to heaven. Thought he may end up in the fires of hell. He was terrified. He kept crying to God, out to God. It held him in abs- absolute total bondage for, would you believe, not one decade, not two, not three, 33 years. 33 years with an addiction he did not want. I'm not excusing him for one moment, but he did not want it. One day he goes to a counselor. The Spirit of the Lord turns up, and the master of the breakthroughs shows himself mighty, and he is totally, absolutely, completely set free by the power of God. And a decade or more has gone by, and he is never caught again in that addiction. He is in church every Sunday. He's on fire for God, and he's in leadership in the body of Christ. This is the God that we serve. He is the master of the breakthroughs. There's probably few people here with a challenge as big as that one. So be encouraged with what God can do for you. I want to look at what may be the single greatest key to breakthrough. And we're going to get this in Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32. All right, verse 24 to 20. I don't think I'm going to get through this message today. You'll have to come back at 11 to get the rest of it. Then Jacob, Genesis 32. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. So here's Jacob engaged in prayer warfare. Now when he saw he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. This is what the angel did. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go. It's the angel. For the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Can you say that with me, church? I will not let you go unless you bless me. Is that there? Up the top there. Yeah. I will not let you go. I will not let you go. God, I will not let you go. I will not let you go. I refuse to back away. I refuse to surrender. I refuse to give up. I will not let you go until you bless me and fulfill the promises you have given in my life. That's the spirit we need resonating within us, friends. One of absolute determination before Almighty God. Did I finish reading that verse? And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Israel means a prince with God. So he's promoted from being a deceiver, a cheat. He becomes a prince. Why? For you have struggled with God. Say that with me. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Have you struggled with God? 
I mean, not just struggle because you've got problems, but struggle in prayer. Pursuing him with passion, intensity, with fervor, determination. Through the night, Jacob held on to God. He said, God, I'm not letting go until you bless me. You'd think that God might get angry with that kind of... <laughs> you know, when kids are like that... I want, I want, I want, now give it to me, give it to me, come on. And they just keep at you, you get mad, don't you? Go to send them to their room, you know? Leave me alone. Stop demanding. <laughs> well, God's a bit different. He doesn't mind. <laughs> he actually doesn't mind. In fact, he encourages it. He actually says, hey, you don't demand enough. You don't ask enough. Obviously, with a spirit of grace and humility. We're not talking about telling God what to do, but we're talking about crying out for what God's promised for you. So he'd prayed through the night. Most of us would have gone to bed. Who would have joined me going to bed? I would have gone to bed for sure. You know, probably might have got till 10 o'clock or maybe 11 on a, you know, if it was a half night of prayer at church, maybe got to 11, 30. But hey, I'm going to bed. Not Jacob. Absolutely changes his life. You know, this is what we're talking about. This spirit has to come back to the church. Just got to come back somewhere so that we will see God break out in this nation, break out in his church, and instead of being powerless, become powerful. So the key point here is this, friends. Jacob persisted, but we've created, and I've probably helped in some way, we've created a I want it now generation. I want it now. Give it to me now. I mean, the other day, Zach said to me, where's my dinner? <laughs> I said, well, you could ask for it. <laughs> I mean, it's just the, just the way we are, aren't we? It's a, it's a, it's a now generation. We, we want it now. So I don't, we don't want to wait. Our kids don't want to. We don't want to hang in there. We want to buy something now. We don't want to save, sacrifice. <laughs> just put it on the card. Have it now. Is that right? Instant photos, instant food, you know, instant, people want sex now. They don't want to wait till they're married. Got to have it all now. That's okay. No, well, that last bit isn't. <laughs> Someone's going to go and quote, did you hear what pastor said at Church Unlimited? You, you want it now. I'm not saying we can change society. But friends, it's not going to develop persistence. What's going to happen to those people when they hit a wall? And we've got to push through and they've got to persist and they've got to hang in there and they've been trained to get everything now. What's going to happen to them, friends? It's going to become very, very difficult moving forward. I was downtown the other day and <laughs> you know, get one of the tickets in those car parks. Cost the earth, don't they? Goodness me. Anyway, it wasn't bad. that was bad enough, the cost of the jolly thing. So I went to pay it. And, you know, there's got these terminals you have to go to to pay this jolly thing. And there's a queue there. So in the first queue, there's about six people there. And I thought, flag that. I'm not waiting for six people. So I said, I'll find another terminal. Finn had found another terminal, and there was nine people waiting. <laughs> so I had to run back up, and I, I didn't know what to do. But, you know, the thought of, I thought, I'm going to have to wait 
This could take me nine minutes. <laughs> or longer. I don't know how long it took in the end, maybe about 10 minutes. But I was mad. I mean, I complained virtually all the way home about what a terrible setup this is. How could they dare make me wait nine minutes of my valuable time to pay for a carpet of money I didn't want to give them? What is that? It's a lack of persistence and patience. It's just, I want it now. You know? Some of you collapse if there's one person in the line in front of you at the shopping center. You know, you complain and moan and grumble. No one, well, not here. It's probably down the city church. When Ray Kroc, the McDonald's, man, I'm not going to finish this. I'm telling you, I'm not going to finish this message. You know? And you guys aren't patient enough to stay till 11 o'clock. You don't have the persistence needed to hear a full message of quality here. Are we doing all right, by the way? I'm sorry you're only going to get, well, I'm, I don't really care that you're getting half of it. I was, was going to say I'm sorry, but I'm not really. Because I think what you're getting is, is, is well, I don't know, something. There's a mischievous spirit coming to this place. It happens every so often. I don't know where it comes from, but someone brings it in here because it's not from me. All right. When Ray Kroc, the McDonald's magnate, was questioned about the success of McDonald's, he said this. Listen carefully. He said, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccess... Sorry, nothing is more common than unsuccessful individuals with talent. You ever notice that? People with talent, it just never quite happens for them. Then he goes on and says this, talent will not do. Genius will not do. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not do. The world is full of educated derelicts. Got nowhere. Talent won't do it. Genius won't do it. Education won't do it. Then he goes on and says this, persistence and determination alone are powerful. What you need, what I need, is persistence and determination. Doesn't matter what happens in life, we will not surrender. We will not back away. We will not give up. And if you have that spirit within you, friends, I'm telling you, somewhere along the line, that obstacle will come down. And God will help you fulfill your destiny. Without perseverance, how many people would never have graduated? <laughs> I remember studying at university a couple of years ago now. I was doing a double degree, a law degree and an accountancy degree, and it was about five years long or something like that. I, I did it super fast. I did about nine papers a year and just got through and got through in record time. They actually changed the rules after I finished. It's true, I did. And, but anyway, um, I remember in my first year, I was um, looking at some of these final year students. I'm on a first year struggling away like crazy, thinking, man, this is going, I'm going to be here. I'm going to have gray hair before I finish here. Some people actually do, by the way. But anyway, I was, I was studying away there, and I was looking at this fifth-year student, fourth-year student, I thought, man, I was just 
filled with this envy. And this, this, I wasn't a Christian then, by the way. Filled with this jealousy. And I just thought, man, could I ever, ever, ever get through the next four years to finish my degree? And it just, it virtually terrified me. Thankfully, I did get through. I finished. And it was hard. It was challenging. I skipped a lot of lectures in the process, but anyway, I, <coughs> yeah, I got through anyway. I won't go into that. <laughs> did a few other things that I'm not telling you about, all right? But the persistence, see, I pushed through, friends. I pushed through the barriers. I put, when everything wanted to quit, when everything wanted to give up, when everything said, I, I can't do this, <laughs> I pushed through. And that puts something in here today. It says, you never give up. You never back away. You never quit. Okay, a few more minutes left, so we'll get one more point here. Let's just go to 2 Kings 13. These are interesting. I, I like these stories. They're different. These are different stories. You don't often hear these ones. 2 Kings 13, there's a battle going on, all right? So the king's in fear, so he goes to the prophet. In 2 Kings 13, in verse 14, we read this. Uh, Elisha became, had become sick with the illness with which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him, wept over his face, and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then go to verse 17. And he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. And then Elisha said, Shoot! And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, the arrow of deliverance from the Lord from Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria until you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. So Israel is under attack. He goes to the prophet. The prophet says, strike the ground. He strikes it three times with the arrows and stops. And Elisha says, hey, you should have struck it more than three times, six or seven times. If you had, you would have utterly destroyed the enemy. But because you only struck it three times, you will only have a partial victory. In other words, the problem was he, he needed to keep on striking. He needed to keep on praying. He needed to keep on resisting the enemy until there was a breakthrough. And sometimes we pray so far and we get this far down our track and then we stop. But God is saying, no, no, you've got to keep praying, keep pushing, keep persevering because there comes a moment of critical mass when you get the breakthrough. And so here he fails to persist. He fails to pray through in the situation until the victory comes. In Luke 11 verse 1, the Lord, they said, the disciples said to the Lord, it's the only time they said it, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So when it's an only time, it's only mentioned once, you need to follow what Jesus says. He gives them the Lord's Prayer, right? But then he tells them about the story of a man wanting bread uh, at night, at midnight, because of guests had come knocking on his door. So he goes to his friend and he knocks on the door at midnight and the guy says, go away, I'm in bed. But the Bible said because of his persistence, the guy would not go away. He said, give me some bread. The guy said, we're in bed, go away. He said, give me some bread. He said, he didn't give it to him because of, he was a friend. He gave it to him because of his persistence. Then Jesus says in Luke 11, verse 9, So I say to you, ask, shall be given. Step one, take it to another level. Seek, and you will find. So you ask, that's one level of prayer. You seek, that's, a, that's, that's going further. And then it says, knock, and it will be open to you. Some of us only ask. 
We don't go to the level of seeking. And we don't push through to knocking. God, I will not let you go until you bless me. And so, friends, persistence. So keep praying. Keep coming to the Thursday night prayer meetings. Keep coming to the hour of power at night. Persist. Don't give it. Tell God. Just say, God, I'm going to come to you. If there's an hour of power every Sunday, I'm going to be there. Because, God, I will not let you go. I will not let... Some of you need to hear this. <laughs> some of you need to hear... I mean, I need to hear it. But some of you need to hear that I will not let you go. I will not let you... Say it with me, please. I will not let you go until you bless me. Say it again. I will not let you go until you bless me. Friends, that's the word of the Lord. I personally feel it is a prophetic word for some people here today that you need to hear. need to hear this because you never know when the critical mass has been reached for the breakthrough. What about Joshua at the battle of Jericho? God's people are told to march around the wall, I think on that last day, seven times. Seven times around the wall. And you might say, God, why in heaven's name seven times? I mean, does that make any kind of sense to anybody in this place? Does anyone give me a theological argument about that? I'm going to give you one shortly, by the way. But seven times. And you know, here's the, here's the key. The seven times, because it made no sense, and they had to keep persisting, God said, zip it, midget. <laughs> keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. When you don't understand, keep your mouth shut. When you don't like what's going on, keep your mouth shut. Because the danger was, they start whispering to each other and saying, what, what on earth, who does Joshua think he is? He has to march around this thing seven times. Oh, guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. It sort of started a mumbling camp and a grumbling camp. Well, mumble and grumble, and guess what? The walls would not have come down. Because your words give access to the enemy to infiltrate what God's trying to do in your life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Isn't it interesting, eh? When, it's, when you don't understand, God says, shut up. Seven times. Has to go around. And what about Naaman? 2 Kings 5, verse 10. He's a leper. He's a commander. A leper. He's high-ranking. He's, he's a big shot. <laughs> so he goes to the prophet, and the prophet says, Hey, down to the Jordan River, buddy. Seven times under. And the guy is mad. I mean, he's a commander. He said, what, Go down to that river there. What, you know, can't I go somewhere else? And seven times? And he's, he's mad. You've got to ask the question again. Seven times around Jericho, persistence. Under the water. What if Naaman said, nah, four times is plenty. Still be a leper. He would never have got his healing. God said, no, under again. Probably after the third time, he's probably sick of going under. And you may be sick of prayer meetings. And you may be sick of hour of power services. You may think, oh, I've gone to enough of those and nothing's happened. Seven times. Goes down the seventh time, comes up, he's totally healed by God's power. Seven is the number of completeness. 
Seven days in creation. When your praying is complete, you've done the seven days, the master of breakthroughs is ready to step into your situation and work a great miracle for you. He is the master of the breakthroughs. <clears throat> Before I finish, <coughs> the darkest hour is often before the greatest blessing. David at Ziglag lost everything. Wife, children, city, burn, own men going to stone him. David's at ground zero, if you like. It's all over. His own men have turned on him. David encourages himself in the Lord. This is what David didn't know in his darkest moments. I think it's three days after, after over a decade of running in the wilderness from King Saul, Saul is killed, and David is crowned king and steps into a season of unparalleled blessing in his life. The darkest hour came just before the dawn of something fantastic. And friends, doesn't that make perfect sense? Surely, when you're about to step into destiny, all hell is going to try and stop you. Every demon spirit on earth is going to be arrayed against you, as it was against David. I guess maybe the enemy somehow even knew. It's only three days from destiny. What can I do to mess this thing up? But God's greater than anything the devil throws at you. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. We don't have to fear or worry about the devil, but we do need to understand some principles. As I wrap it up today, it needs, we need to release enough power for breakthrough. But to get your breakthrough, you've got to be willing to fight. You see, it takes energy. It takes effort. You can't be lazy. You can't be slack. You can't say she'll be right. We can't sit back in self-pity and in defeat and think, what a shame. No, no, we've got to get up and we've got to go after the enemy. If you don't get up, friends, nobody's going to get up for you. If you don't run, nobody's going to run for you. If you don't chase down your enemy, no one's going to chase him down for you. You can't sit down and feel sorry for yourself and grumble and moan and blame everyone else. You need, in the name of the Lord, you need to say, I am going to get my breakthrough. I'm going after my son. I'm going after my finance. I'm going after my marriage, my first love, my ministry, my calling in God. I'm going after my destiny. I will not let you go until you bless me, until you answer my cry. It's time to go down to the enemy's camp because I'm telling you, church, as the musicians come, the master of the breakthroughs, he's ready. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready to fight? Are you ready to go down to the enemy's camp? Are you ready to say, enough is enough? I'm after my blessing. I'm after my destiny. I'm after my calling in God. We need to fight. We need to persist until the heavens open wide. The time is now to experience the master of the breakthroughs. Amen?